folks, it's Scott with Leaving the Edge Archery. Back again for another episode. Hope you got a chance to listen to the last one. It was a marathon. We're going to try to keep this one a little short. Am I try. Right? Yeah, we should be able to. We got something to do here in like an hour and a half. So we can't go over 90 minutes. So talk of the town, Lancaster tournament just ended a... Who won that? I don't even know. Oh, Bodie. Bodie, Bodie, Bodie won Bodie Open Turner, Pro. Right. Bodie Paige won the uh, women's. Brady won the recurve. Yeah. I got a call today from... Uh, Casey won the women's recurve. Yeah, my buddy Brandon, who used to be in the industry, called me and was like, who is this Brody guy? And I was like, guy, what did you say, kid? I don't know, does Brody have his license yet? He, well, no. no, he's 14. <laughs> Maybe in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. I kid. didn't think you needed a license in No, Mexico. he's older than 14, isn't he? He turns 15 after Vegas. Oh, my God. He's got two years where he gets his driver's license. That means dad's still got to take him to the shop to practice. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's unbelievable, dude. But... He's shooting lights out. He is shooting well. That is for dang sure. Who won that he beat in the shoot-off? Who did he beat? Chris. Perkins? Shaft uh, was Shaft. second, and then Sluzar got third. Mm-hmm. Somebody says Sluzar was on fire. Which Yeah, Sluzar started in like sixth or seventh, I think. And then Worked his way all the way up to the podium. Yep. Yeah, hey. he, beat, he beat Dane. So Dane was eighth, and he started whooping up on people, and then Sluzar came in. Dane and just went all the way up to uh to that shoot off with uh with Chris and that was like a that was a one hour shoot off yeah. Chris was just he was going for every 12 he could yeah called everyone and and the last one I mean he nailed his 12 which losers was out by like a credit card <laughs> like sucks. the whole cut the line but the arrow was just a credit card away yeah that sucks yeah that's a bad Made target. it interesting, though. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Chris Schaff just won Neems also. Mm-hmm. He's he been shooting back. really, really well. He's shooting pretty dang good. Yeah. Yeah, you could say it. I know what you want to say already. What? The, the hooligan thing. <laughs> I thought you were laughing about that. Oh, no. Which which What which archery hooligan posted? I don't even remember what. Which Hoyt, one? The You're the one who showed everybody. Oh, about, the Hoyt one. Hoyt's probably sitting there going, damn it. Oh, about, yeah, when Chris had won, after Neems. Chris had won Neem. Yeah. yeah. And they were they they made a post about the fact that yeah, somebody said he can't shoot anymore or something. Yeah. Well, even before Neem, he I think he did pretty good in at the pro am in Iowa. No, I, I don't know. Him. I don't know what he shot there. Yeah, pretty good either. there, and then he hasn't been shooting well last year, two years. Hey, maybe he just <clears> he's been average. Maybe it was just the bows. You joke. Yeah, he's been shooting the piss out of that thing. Yeah, he's shooting, shooting well. Shooting that contender, not dominator. Dominator. Yeah, the Dominator the duo. Dominator duo. Yeah. I mean, oh, I I'm get, thinking contender. I think the bow's coming in. I think we're getting one pretty soon. So anxious to see what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who won the women's side? Uh, Paige. Paige. Who'd she shoot off against? Tanya. Yeah, it was pa- Paige, Tanya, then uh, Liko. Yep. Oh, the Munchkin didn't win it? No. No, she got third. Dang. Tanya She's another her. hot one who's like on fire. Yep. Tanya beat her 13? in the third match. She like thirteen? No, she's fifteen. Oh, she's older than Turner. Yeah. Yep. Still kids, less than half your age. Exactly. Still she a lot less. Than still half two your years age. away from getting her driver's license. Yeah. She moved. She moved up. She beat uh, Lissell Yatma from Estonia. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they take the women's takes four, right, Top for four. the shootouts. Yep. Is that the one Lissell? She just won names, right? Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So she came in fourth. Liko third. Tanya third, uh, second, and Paige first. Cool. 
that, that tournament, was pretty impressive. That tournament happened so fast. It seemed like in one minute it was started, and the next minute it was over. Yeah. Nice. We're so, I guess, busy. But that, that's going to be interesting. Let's see what happens in Vegas. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I don't know. Tanya's, Tanya's podium, they're one every, every event so in, far this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she's, in, she's doing really good, for sure. And I don't think Paige qualified very good, did she? First. Yeah, she was first. Oh, was she shot first like, in qualified? She only shot like six, three down. 657. Oh, okay. Shot, yeah, she did. opened first half of the 330. Yeah, I think she she dropped a total of like six points or seven points the whole weekend. Damn, she, she, it was stupid. The people shooting out there was, it was Well, maybe ridiculous. it was she didn't do good in Neems. Somewhere I thought I read an article. Where she she qualified first in Neem, too. Really? Her and Tanny qualif- uh, tied at like five down, I think, gotcha. and then did a coin flip. I think she got knocked out in the quarters. Something like that. In name. I know Stefan qualified number one and got put out first mm-hmm. round, which was crazy. Well, he shot, so he shot the last qualifying round in, uh, in name. And he even said in his little recap post or whatever, like shooting 60 arrows, concentrating to shoot like one, I think he shot like one or two down out there and then going straight into matches. He was like, kind of sucked. Well, he said he was just like beat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he has shot his qualifying round. He shot his qualifier, then like shot an hour the, later, shot yeah, the matches. Yeah, he, he shot the best round. I know he's qualified first. Mm-hmm. And then, gosh darn, it sucks. So he shot like against probably the 16th seed or something like well, that. Or been 32nd. 32nd. Second. Wow. Yeah, that's a Cinderella right there. So who's going to, are you going to Vegas this week? No. Nope. Bridger's going to Vegas. Nope. We've got quite a few archers going. I can um, spend money to go shoot indoor. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, join the club. <laughs> Indoor is a necessary evil, I, I guess. Know. It's like death and taxes. Now, Vegas uh, should be fun, though, for... Uh, I, I, maybe this is why I haven't ever made the shoot off there, but I always view Vegas the same way that... Uh, what's his name? Beast Mode always for the media day. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm only, only here so I don't get fined. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't like shooting that tournament, man. Yeah. yeah. Which is dumb because I can I've made the shoot off at Louisville or the NFA indoor, you know, three or four times, and that one I got to shoot thirty extra arrows in the same size hole. Exactly. <laughs> as the Vegas ten, I just it's just a dude. That Vegas tournament is just a mind I screw. Think, I think everybody just puts so much emphasis in Vegas that makes it that much more important, that much bigger. No, it's just it, so it's it's, it's it's a total mind game. Yeah, it really it is. is. You know, as we were talking today, me and that guy were talking, and he even made the comment. And I've heard this numerous times before with, with Brody and Lisa. Lisa, what's her name? Lisa Nico. 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 She's. I mean, they're they're so young. The only thing they got to do is make sure they make grades. That's it. That's it. Go to school, make good grades, and shoot your bow. And shoot, yeah, shoot your bow. You know, we're worrying you don't about. You have to worry about driving. We can make car payments and insurance payments, and mm-hmm. worry about our whether we're going to be healthy tomorrow. Yeah, it's just. I don't know, if, but they're still great. I mean, I don't know if they're going to change with responsibility, but who knows. Yeah, I don't. They're damn good. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Some people just stick to it. I mean, look at Brady. He's been doing it his whole life. Mm-hmm. Just stuck to it. And now he's got Chris. He, Chris was actually talking about it. Their their training actually ramped up. Now that they're up there together. I think that's why Chris is doing so so well. Really? He said he's shooting about two to 400 arrows a day. Jeez Louise. Getting to pull a 60-pound bow 400 times a day. Crazy. That's crazy, that's dude. I like my shoulders. Well, that at least he's only holding like fifteen pounds of full draw. Brady's pulling like fifty four pounds. Fifty four pounds and holding fifty four pounds at full draw. Zero percent let off, bro. Which just sucks. So, oh, you mean Shaf is in up there practicing with Brady? Yeah, 
I think they're going to be a good team. They've been shooting together all winter, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, but then you've got that, and then you've got the kids. Nothing to worry about. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. Toya didn't shoot good? Um, I I don't know where she got knocked out. I I know she had made the the final. She shot all right, like low, low 50s, high 40s. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So everybody just went from there. The the one good thing with Lancaster is they they went back to that Vegas phase. They're not doing the verticals anymore. So it's been what the second year. They yeah. Ever since they added that little twelve ring, 12, which I yeah. I mean I think it's fun. I still think Capper probably has the best strategy for doing it. Just move your site. What do you mean? I so like last year when Nick won, yeah, like he would literally like you, if you watch the shoot off, he's literally moving his sight whenever he shoots at the twelve. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he'll just he's move his sight like he'll move Dude. his sight up a ways. Because you can't. I mean, I don't even care if you're running a ten thousand pin. You're covering that entire thing up. Yeah, yeah. it's about. I mean, with it's the line, it's a, yeah. With the line, it's about the same size as the X. So the white itself is smaller than the X. Yeah, that's you what I'm saying. So you see. can't really see it. Mm-mm. So you're covering it up and praying you're not little shaded right left or whatever yeah. you're, if you're not shooting it the way cappers did mm-hmm. yeah that's which is just cutting yardage that's how Lico was was doing it because she was moving hers to too yeah mel nichols was in her uh, coaching box and they asked him about it and that's all she cited in annotated it on her uh on her tape and that's all she did dialed down and his name of the x yep yeah smart yeah the only problem was when you go back to shooting the x if you're off by a click or two you might be off by a click or two. Yeah, exactly. Difference between a ten or an eleven. Huh. I don't know. Well, that's a tough. If one. one click is the difference between you shooting a ten or an eleven, you're off by more than one click. Right. Sure. I know one thing. So I learned something this week weekend. So I I've been shooting the our Vegas league on Wednesdays. You know, I've got my bow set up for that. And I'm running the two power scope with a dot mm-hmm. for indoor. Dude, I put a five power doublet lens back in my scope yesterday. Holy crap! Am I moving a lot, dude? And I, you know, we had talked about this before we went on air tonight. I was like, I'm as much as I like that elite verdict, and it holds really good. I, I felt like I was holding like crap yesterday, so I had no confidence to put my pin on a twelve ring and keep it there. And go for it. So I played math all day yesterday. I was Daddy. cutting. I was cutting two yards and aiming dead middle IBO, shading right or left, depending on which the way the target was facing in three D. And dude. I was moving all over the place. So, I mean, I don't know. And, and it, I think it's because I've been shooting that two power for roughly, what, three months now. That's that's a big change. Yeah. And, and now I'm rethinking this whole thing. Is it smart to go to a two power for indoor and then freaking try to jump up to a five or six for outdoor? Because, my God, I was moving a lot yesterday. I mean, most guys usually stay the same. Well, I say most guys. Like, I've always shot. It's if it's at paper or at a dot, I shoot a four. If it's, uh, you know, like 3D or whatever, I'll shoot a six. But I never. But you're not deviating a bunch. No. And, you know, I'm going to the six. I've got a number two clarifier in it, so it's probably knocking it down to like a five or less. Right, right. So, and I don't run my sight all that far out, and I don't have a long draw length, so. So I did two things. I did was like what you said. I ran my sight far out a little farther out yesterday. I don't know. Me and Anderson were debating on that the other night, talking about. He thinks it makes you more accurate. It's made him more accurate. But I think a combination of me moving out to like, I was on the second hole from yeah. the end, which I never run my, never. 
and it did it cleared that target up though my gosh it was but it clear. shows more movement but holy crap was it moving like when you bring your sight in the movement kind of settles a little bit but you're less accurate yeah that's I, what I, they say that's, that's what i got from the recurves because with me on the on the w1 setup you know we have the same thing you run your sight all the way out yeah you're going to be more accurate but you're going to move a whole so is that stuff. why the recurvers run that all the way to the last dot uh, i don't know night <laughs> But you see, you see some people on the compound side, like Paige and um, well, Levi runs Sarah. his all the way back. Sarah has they have the nine inch bar, right? And they run it all, all the, the way, way out. out. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Levi Morgan runs his six inch bar all the way in. As well, you got to remember, his draw length is a foot longer than yours. This is true. So his sight's still the same distance away from his eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Same with yeah. Paige. I mean, granted, Paige has a long draw length for a woman. Like she's twenty seven and a half, twenty eight. But she also shoots like an eight and a half or uh, like eight, an eight power. plus power. I lens. know. That's freaking crazy, dude. Yeah, I was. that was a struggle yesterday. I, I'm going to rethink this going back down to a two power for indoor. Just keep it. A lot of movement, dude. God. It's at. That's what I might do. Just keep it where it is. And plus that doublet lens. I mean, for the listeners out there, if you got the money and you can spend it, that doublet lens is ridiculous how clear it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday was shocking just how much I could see out there, how sharp it was. But yeah, the movement was brutal. For reference, because you didn't say you were out shooting a 3D yesterday. Yeah, I was shooting a 3D tournament. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, for reference. It was it so was, cool to be outside. God, it was awesome. Man, it, was, yeah, it, was it sucked. It rained in the morning a little bit, and everybody kind of was nervous about it. But man, when it cleared up an hour after we started, it was beautiful yesterday. Yeah, It was just so cool to be back outside shooting out there. Yeah, it, it turned out to be beautiful Texas day where you didn't know if it was winter or, yeah, exactly. or summer. And then today it reminded us. It's oh my winter. gosh. And then we got up today. It was 29 degrees out. I think it was. It was ridiculous. I hate cold weather. You Southerners are just weak. I am a weak, weak ass. It used to be a Midwesterner too. Nope. Not anymore. South Texas sissy. South Texas sissy. <laughs> you don't think it was cold? I mean, it's chilly out, but like. <laughs> chilly. He's he's climatizing. I mean, I have for the most part. Like I woke it. up, I thought it was cool today. I let the dog out, and you know, a couple times this afternoon, and it was. I mean, it was cool, but like, I mean, I kind of like it. I miss it. Yeah, I hear you. So <clears throat> I wanted to talk a little bit about. I got some good subject matter to talk through. Wanted to save it for a really good day, but we'll talk about it today. Um, so you know, I'm, we're coaching this elite kids team now here out of our shop, and um, and this is a good subject matter for I think everybody. You know, I've noticed these kids in today's world are like crazy not confident. They got a confidence problem. Yeah. And I'm hoping, you know, and it's not just with our kids. I mean, it's, I look at these kids around. I mean, yeah, you take Brody and Liko out of that. I mean, those kids are unconscious. And maybe it's a testament to their parents and their bringing up, upbringing. But, you know, a lot of the kids that I'm seeing, it's not just the kids either. If you look up and down the, the adult lines too, mm-hmm. confidence is a big issue right now. I feel like I need to go back to school and get my psychology degree because <laughs> it's literally probably two thirds of what the hell I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, Working on people's head games. Oh dude, it's unbelievable. And I don't know where it's coming from. You know, it's just, I, and I'm, I was talking to Brandon this morning, a friend of mine about this subject. And we were talking about competitive sports now compared to where they were 20 years ago. Like when, you know, some of us were playing sports, A, we weren't specializing we were usually multi-sport kids, you know, playing baseball, basketball, football, you know, all the stuff. Um, and now you're specializing and now you've got these elite, elite teams, which we didn't have back in the day. Yeah. Um, it's, 
is it putting just a ton of pressure on these kids? I mean, do they feel like if they're, there's just a new expectation, a new level of expertise that they need to be at to compete? And in doing so, are we setting up expectations that are just completely unrealistic? I mean, Bridger says it best. And whenever we talk about these damn kids all the time, <laughs> he, oh, he wants to grab a parent and just say, you know, they're just freaking 11 years old, damn it. <laughs> you know. I mean, you, you don't get a passion for doing something unless you enjoy doing it. And like the only way you can enjoy doing it is by having, you know, little to no pressure on you to the point where, you know, you want to do it or you want to do well because you enjoy doing it. Right. As opposed to wanting to do well to appease your coaches or parents or expectations that whoever you're, you know, whether it's yourself or not that were put on you, you know, so. I mean, I started shooting archery because I like doing it. I wanted to hunt and kill more shit more often. <laughs> I had two extra months to go outside and kill shit. Yeah, exactly. And it just so happens that, you You're know, I happen to be proficient at it and just got into the competitive side of it. Not saying that, like, that's the best or only way to become successful at it. But, I mean, at least in archery, you look at a lot of the guys that are in that same boat or, like, that have been doing it their whole life. Uh, at a highly competitive level, like I mean, Levi, that's why he started shooting, so he can go bow hunt with his dad. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, and probably much like mine, and his dad's sitting there watching him shoot in the backyard, and be like, Holy shit, yeah. Well, it's funny that you say punk, that. that little punk is really good, yeah, you know. And well, and then you said it best. I think majority of people that are shooting at the highest level of the sport now will probably got into it for that reason. Mm -hmm. So let's take a, take a step back and you look at these kids now that are ages, and I'm, I'm just going to bring up like nine to 13 because we, we coach a ton of kids there. There's a lot of those kids who don't hunt. They're just yeah. shooting competitive target archery, yeah. flinging arrows. And um, with that being said, are we, you know, do those kids, you know, is there an expectation level? Because they're, you know, some of these kids are wanting to be really good at it. And they, they're because of their downfalls at times or they're not shooting a clean perfect score like little noah that we have this little kid his name's noah ross and he's a stud he's like nine i think he is or ten mm -hmm. he hates shooting 10 yards even though he's gonna be doing it for the next two years competitively um he wants to shoot 20 that's where he practices and his kid's really good but i use him as an example because he he's getting over it but he's had a confidence issue because mm -hmm. he wasn't shooting perfect scores mm -hmm. so this expectation of shooting a 300 perfect game has been put upon him and now he shot his first 300 and was all excited. So then within one week, that now turned into a 60X, perfect 360X. And he went this weekend and shot a 99, like 55 or something, dude. I mean, stroked a good score. But his dad said he was just like devastated because he, when he dropped he one X, one. he freaking freaked out. And I, I don't, you know, I didn't put that on him. I don't think John put it on him. No, but I mean, there there's a difference between like a parent or a coach or somebody of some authority standing over a, a young, a young kid saying you need to be doing it like this and a kid that just has competitive spirit and wants to do it. Yeah. And I would put Noah in the competitive spirit yeah. category more than, yeah. than John or you or anybody right, else right, telling right. him he needs to shoot a 60. He just wants to do it. Yeah. 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 He, I mean, I, that's how I was like, I, I so mean, you that, didn't need someone to say, Hey dude, no, this is where like you I get no i mean hell you and i talked about it the other day yeah, like oh yeah i've i wanted to beat people so bad like i wanted to they make them quit. quit like it wasn't that i want you know obviously i didn't want people to stop shooting or whatever but, but like that on that like, given sunday you yeah, wanted like, them to quit yeah like i i wanted to be like all right 
I want you to think you're going to lose so bad that you're going to just pack your shit and leave. Like, <laughs> foot on the throat type stuff. Yeah. And that's how Noah is. That's, early, you know, that's the category I'd put him in, not yeah. necessarily, you know, a, a ridiculous expectation so, but stuff. Therein, but therein lies, I think, a good point when you and I are having that discussion, which led, led me to think about all this for the last couple, three or four days. You didn't have to have a coach or your dad tell you that you need to go throttle people. No, that, that no, was, that was me. You. That was you. Yeah. And you knew on any given Sunday, if you did everything right, your abilities, you were going to crush people. Yeah. And see, and that's the difference. That, that, you, that is hard to find in today's athlete. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I think in any sport. I mean, I've been, you know, around some of these young kids and, and talking with them and stuff and that that kind of drive. And maybe that's something that the new generation of parents aren't, aren't instilling you know, I'm, I'm, that, yeah. that drive. And did your dad instill that in you or is that just your own internal arrogance cockiness probably some of it that some of it just you know i had a passion for the sport because like i said i i started shooting with my dad you you know we i literally bought or my parents bought me a bow because gun season was only two and a half weeks long and archery season was two months long yeah exactly and i wanted to spend time outside with my dad and you know so that's why we picked up the archery stuff but i think that's more of like a competitive thing i mean hell you see me get pissed off at archery and you've oh, seen yeah. me get equally pissed off at swinging a golf club and exactly. I, I don't so hardly at all play golf so right. it's more of a competitive <laughs> yeah. nature type stuff yeah you know than anything and you know i don't want to i wouldn't say that parents aren't installing that in kids it's just a different thing when it's you know the parents tell them they got to do something or a coach telling them they got to do something versus a kid having a passion for a certain thing yeah you know along with a competitive spirit right you know, you said it best a second ago, and that's why I think is missing right now. It worries me because um, even on this team that of kids that I picked, like twelve kids out of our out of our larger program, and as much as we're going to teach them the highly technical part of the sport and how to manage tournaments, so on and so forth, I'm trying to instill upon them having a damn good time, yeah. having fun. You got to love what you're doing. Um, because if not those kids, like, I think we talked about someone this morning, I'm not going to name names, but you know, they're going to quit later if they don't love to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, and that's something else I think is prevalent in today's world, you know, and I always bring up a couple of kids that I've known in the past, but a lot of these kids do sport for their family, for their parents. Yeah. I mean, and these parents, let's be honest, some of them get so caught up in it. Well, yeah, they live through the, they're the living kids. vicariously through their kids. Yeah. yeah. And then they're put, those are, you know, and they don't, I think the sad part is I don't think the parents are even doing it intentionally, you know, I'm not going to call them out they're on it. They're just being a parent. They're being a parent kind of like on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just kind of, you know. Helicopter parents. Yeah, you need to get them, you know, you can't afford to miss, you yeah. know, and that's a, that's a tough thing to put on a 10-year-old. Well, know? and it's tough too when it's parents that, at least from an archery standpoint, parents that weren't either aren't weren't competitive in archery or don't yeah. understand archery to the same degree that you know us as a coach right. would or right. an instructor would that's got experience with archery yeah oh yeah and i would say it's probably that way i mean because you've coached baseball and <clears throat> yep. you know whatever other sports like i'm sure it's the same with that it too. Is. like they see what they they watch what Albert Pujols is doing when he steps up to the plate and think their nine-year-old kids got to do the same thing every time. Just like they watch the Lancaster shoot-offs and be like, oh, well, shit, Bodie Turner, he's only 14. He's shooting every X. Why can't my 14-year-old kid Exactly, yeah. But like, you know, that could obviously be a- that kid has some natural talent and stuff, but right. he also has one of the best 
mental management, mental management coaches, coaches on planet Earth. Yes, yeah, on the planet right now. Right. You know, helping him every single day. So, you know, there's some some stuff that needs to be uh, uh, you know thought about beyond just putting an arrow in the center. Checks. Oh yeah, your, your expectations have to meet what what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, plus the level of of work that some of them are doing. That's the other thing. Like you were saying, the kids don't have that drive. A lot of kids want that superstardom without putting in the work. Heck yeah, dude. Half the work, full reward. Hell yeah, that is so true. You know, people don't realize, but I bet, I mean, I'd love to know what Brody's weekly practice regimen is like, but I bet it's pretty intensive. I mean, I bet he, he's behind that bow a lot more than we think he is. Oh, dude, if he's anything like me when he was when I was 14, 15, 16, that You're age. like 500 oh, arrows a day? Uh, probably. Yeah. I was somewhere between three and 500 arrows. Oh, yeah. Would be my guess. Yeah. You know, at least five days a week. So we were talking, um, I forget, I'm bringing up this conversation I've had, because leading up to this conversation that we're having today, I had done a lot of, I want to say, not research, but I've been talking to some other people, and I was talking to another a friend of mine about this very subject and we were you know i think there's two different classes of people in any athletic endeavor mm-hmm. you've got the ones that god has bestowed a gift upon you you know he said hey look this is going to be your gig you're good at this this is what you need to go do this is, what I, this is how i need you to spread my message yeah through through this avenue and those people are do not have to practice a lot they can you know pretty much go and compete and do extremely well, if not win everything. And just, you do it with minimal amount of um, effort and work put into it. Mm-hmm. And then I think there are other people who have said, Hey, this is my sport of choice. This is what I want to do in life. It's kind of like a job. Correct. You know, when you decide, Hey, I'm going to be an engineer. Or, hey, I'm going to be a doctor or whatever. I mean, yeah, you got to have some base skill sets to do that, but you're going to school for a very long period of time and playing your trade for a very long period of time to get there. So through work. And I think that like in archery, you can say this is what I'm going to do and then put in the hours and hours and hours of practice and to build your skill set as good as the guy who's got a God-given gift, mm-hmm. you know. And even then, you're, you're still, you're still, still going to lag a little behind. But, yeah. um, you know, and I bring up a guy. We have a guy here in Texas, and um, I don't care if he, he's listening, but Jonathan Masick did that one. I'll never forget. He got laid off from his oil field job. He worked for Halliburton. This is back in 06 when the whole dive happened or I don't know, maybe it was 2012, 15. I can't remember. The last big downturn we had in the in the economy. Um, and he, I remember talking with him, he says, I'm going to treat archery like a job. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm going to try it for a year. He had, he's single, you know, no no responsibilities and and literally had enough money, made enough money to, to do this. And he actually went out and, you know, get up, work out, I think it was. He'd, he'd shoot for three or two or three hours. He'd have a lunch break and he'd get back. He'd shoot for two or three more hours and train, 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 different drills and crap like that and had dinner, you know, go out, do what he was, does and normally. But he treated it like he was a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. And that year he won Paris in K45, went up to K50. I think he won another pro in K50. He was going to turn pro and he met a girl and uh, got married and the rest is history. But, you know, and he's, he kind of, he, but he's still, he had worked himself into being probably one of not, the best archers in the state of Texas and nationally was on his way mm-hmm. through nothing but hard work. Yeah. I mean, just shot his tail off for a full calendar year. And, uh, and that was pretty cool to watch that. And that's why I always use that as an example, because he's that guy that I said, okay, that's the, that's the, the data points. That's, you know, there's proof in the pudding that you can do it. Hell, you did it. 
Jason, you know, what came in four or five years ago, I'm going to make the parateam. Yeah, whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I hear people say it all the time. I've had so many customers come in. I want to be the next Sarah Lopez. Um, but you, how much work have you put in the last four years, dude? A lot. I mean, a shit ton. I yeah. mean, I've shot with you. You got to get to a point <clears throat> where you you study you study the people you want to be like, and you come to realize what they do. And that's the thing. You know, <clears throat> God-given talent, you got Brady. Yeah. But at the same time, you see what Brady's schedules are like. You see what Toya's schedules are like, everybody. And I look at the, as, as much crap as I talk about the recurve community, I look at their work ethic, Shit. and I think they're the, the hardest worker. They the have hardest to be. working athletes in the, in the archery community. Um, and you see what they do on a daily basis, and you're like, okay, this is, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Like a 100% lifestyle change. No, it's um, a job. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, the thing. Well, that's a, it. It's a lifestyle change because it becomes your life. Yeah, that is your job, but it becomes your life. Yeah, um, and it all depends on on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get to the top. You're not going to get to the top by shooting once, twice a week. No, but that's so. the thing. I don't think people realize, and Bridgers has talked about it before in the past, probably on podcast. But you know, you better love what you do because it's it's work. It's not just you know. You're not going to go lay your bow down in between tournaments and not shoot. Do well. No. Well, you can. You're just not going to do well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, that's some of the things that I, you know, that and, and looking it through. And, you know, you talk to these kids even at this young age, and I think they're starting to see some. I mean, they have access to you guys, of course. And, you know, and we were talking, you know, these kids are just, I don't know where they're getting it from, but there is a, a certain amount of pressure they're putting on themselves. And so what I'm finding, kind of go full circle with this conversation. Um, and it's just not the kids now. I won't even talk about adults. Watching the adults even, um, like we had that big Vegas tournament here. We had 22, arguably some of the best archers in our state that showed up for our Vegas indoor tournament. Um, it's crazy to watch people talk themselves into misses. They, they, they're setting themselves up. I mean, and I see it all the time. Yeah. Equipment issues, you know, I'm sore issues from doing whatever it is outside of archery. And instead of coming in and just, you know, this is one thing I've never heard, you know, honestly, Deaton, you've been here four years now. I've, this is something I've never, ever seen you do. Very rarely, if ever, will he blame outside environmental conditions, his bow, whatever it may be, and correlate that with having, you know, shooting like crap. But you know damn well that, 90% of our staff shooters, when we have, you know, there's 38 of them. Um, they are always talking about, and I think making up potential excuses for having a bad day. And once you, you know, you put that in your head, you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. I mean, it's preconceived. I mean, what do they call it? I forget there's a word for it, but, um, and these kids are doing that now. And, you know, Colton Converse, this kid, man, he's a stud. He's, you're talking about a new up and coming archer. This kid's going to be amazing. But his mama had a long talk with him because he's an he's going to go to school for engineering, and it makes sense because he's way OCD analytical. This kid shot his tail off this past weekend. I think he shot one nine um, out of sixty qualifying arrows, and then he didn't. Sh- then he was clean throughout the entire shootoffs. I think he didn't miss an X, and he ended up winning our tournament. Fifteen years old. He calls me yesterday. Hey, um, my bow's got a really bad left tear. I'm like, so what? <laughs> well, I got to fix it. Really? Uh, you, you shot a nine and I don't know how many X's this weekend and you're going to freaking fix it. 
we lost your last brain cell, but Vegas is this week, and I think this is his defense mechanism. He's he's starting to, and he did this the entire shoot. He was coming up to me after every end. Hey man, God, my shot's just not good. He's got a counter, one of those little counter things. Oh, you're oh, telling how many about good that. shots he had? Yeah, and how many good shots? And he he's he had taken this advice from me a while back to see how many good shots he's making. So he's like he's like fifty in, and he's got six shots showing on his clicker. And I'm like, so what? He goes, this is, this is, you don't understand how struggling it is. You know, get behind my bow. I'm dumping these shots, you know? And I'm like, well, you're dumping them really good, brother. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like killing it. And so instead of coming back and owning the fact that, and this is, I think, the problem with maybe some youth of his, his age grab. These kids don't own anything. So instead of owning the fact, yeah, I'm dumping, but I'm dumping really freaking good right now, and I'm hammering, and I'm going to keep going. And I looked at one of the girls, and I said, he's going to shoot a nine pretty soon. And like two minutes later, he drops a nine. That was his second to the last arrow. Second to the last arrow. And I told him, I said, hey, dude, you talked yourself into that. Yeah. You were waiting for it to happen. We are waiting for it to happen because you've been talking about it now for two hours. Yeah. And and as good as a kid was shooting, I mean, he had talked himself into that nine. You know, I kind of got in his crap a little bit and said, dude, just clean the rest of it. It's over now. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, quit talking about this negativity. And it's unbelievable. But I see a lot of kids, you know, and even adults that are doing that. They're talking themselves into bad scores or into bad shots because they're blaming equipment. They're changing so much. They're, you know, they're, they're just looking for, and I think it's a defense mechanism to say, man, I don't think I'm going to shoot a 300. And in just case I don't, here's why, you know what I'm saying? It's all that instead of just flat out saying, I'm going to go bust a three spot today. Yeah. You know, and just that's, shoot it. That's the thing. I, I learned a long time ago, you know, I used to be the same way where I would sit there and be like, Something's going on. Like <laughs> yeah. something something in my equipment's wrong, my release is off, something's up, my chair's off, this and that. And then yeah. finally I remember coming in here one day and we got everything sorted out and everything was perfect to where I had nothing to blame. Myself. <laughs> no excuses. And I learned after that. I was like, Okay, maybe I'm just shooting like shit today. <laughs> it's just me. And you know, it was easier <laughs> it was easier to fix myself than to go chase gremlins in my in my gear yeah. demons that i'm not going to find where it's like okay maybe i'm just dumping this or maybe i'm just my head's out of it or something i don't yeah. know i i think how people are talking themselves into those misses is they're they're going looking for all these excuses and they turn those excuses into reality that's exactly that it didn't exist before yeah. <laughs> it gets stuck in your head and it's gonna it's gonna get you like i said they're talking themselves into those they're, it's like i said i think they're you know, defending what they're, what they are pre, you know, preordaining to happen. Yeah. And it just sucks because it's just a horrible way to shoot your bow. How do I do it? I ain't going to sit there and lie. I do it all the dang time. I went on a 12 run yesterday and thinking, man, this pin is all over the place, but God dang, I'm hitting them. And, and I even remember telling myself, I don't know how long I can make this continue to happen right there. You know, yep. <laughs> you're just setting yourself up. It. <laughs> I mean, that's why Tim hates indoor Gillingham. He's like, ah, oh, just, just wait and miss, wait yeah. and miss. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's true because indoors a grind, dude. I mean, you shoot that little fifty cent piece, you know what, ninety times in a given three days. That is not easy. Mm-mm. You know, it's hard. That is a mind screw because theoretically, if you're, you know, you give yourself five arrows to do that in over and with no time frame, you probably could do it every single time. But you got to do that repetitively. Over on a time and over on a time yeah, with people bow hunters come in here all the time and they well, i gotta hit that white dot for perfect score 60 times or, yeah well that's easy 
Go do it. Do it on a timer. <laughs> they get about 45 in, and they'll probably keep it in that five-inch circle, whatever, four-inch circle for yeah. 40, 50 shots, and then you see them, that's when the pressure starts. Oh, my God, I'm clean. I ain't missed yet. Yeah, you're done. It's <laughs> game over. They so. start thinking about, what's my what's my Instagram post going to be when I clean the 68? Yeah. Nope. So, God, uh, uh, so you say, what's my Instagram post going to be? I have a buddy at home who's, oh. we were in Vegas one year. I've probably told the story before. <laughs> But he was shooting flights and like hadn't shot, he'd shot multiple 300s at home, hadn't shot a 300 in Vegas. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know, nine or like seven or eight ends in. And this was back when it was at the Riv. So they were, you know, at the hotel and he tells his wife at the time and goes, honey, go back to the room. I'm going to shoot a 300. And my, my other two buddies were sitting there in the stands watching him. And Lynn heard him say that. And he just sets a $1 bill down in between, <laughs> in between him and my other buddy. Sets a one dollar bill down, and BJ looks at him. And he's like, "You don't think he's gonna do it?" Lynn goes, "Fuck no!" <laughs> he's just like, "Whatever." Throws the one dollar bill down. <laughs> like, Carrie left to go grab the camera out of the hotel room, and next and first arrow, like eight nine liner. <laughs> honey, honey, go get the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. It happens, Expectations man. are a motherfucker, man. Dude, they just, are. You are no lying. That's that's where it gets it gets hard. That's why indoor People, is so freaking hard. And and you know you're talking about the kids and you're talking about everything. I'm gonna circle it back and and just be the be that guy. It's social media, dude. You that's joke. the pressure. Everybody wants to be perfect for their likes and their pictures, and you know you want to do. And I've been preach. I've been I've been sitting at home one time after time after time just hammering, going, man, I'm I'm gonna clean this, and I can't wait to take a picture of my. Then I'm like, nope, I'm not going to take a picture of this shit. Yeah. Because it all <laughs> just completely You're right. fell apart. You start putting you start putting undue pressure on yourself to meet the expectation of others when other people don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I scroll through Instagram and I look at pictures and I like a post by the pros and everything, but that's that's about it. Yeah. Other than that, I really don't care what they do. Yeah. I, so the the people that, that live for that... Um, for that post and that like, I think those are the ones that crumble the oh, hardest. There's tons of those. So, yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, even, even you get to a point in your career in indoor, I've been there, you know, and I, and I've even brought this up to a couple of our archers and said, you know, cause they'll go out and shoot a nine in practice or even in a competition and they're out, they mm-hmm. walk off. And I went up to, you know, I told one of them, I said, do you think you're good enough that you don't shoot nines anymore? You know? Well, no, not really. Then what the hell are you not getting to work in this practice session or whatever instead of just laying it down? That's not the time to get to work. Shoot the nine. God damn, go go to work. Yeah. You know, figure it out. And uh, that's to your point. I think that's the social media potential that freaks everybody out. You know, like, oh, my God, I got to be perfect for my for my pictures and my posts. Or I've got to appease my sponsors or something oh, like that. Oh, God, yeah. Stuff don't, like don't that. Don't get me started on this sponsor. So, no, I, I just remember Bridger's words. It happened to me in Chile. I looked at Courtney and I said, this just became a really expensive practice. Uh, <laughs> no, for real. Practice qualification. Um, well, just, we've talked about it in Vegas. Learn from there. If you drop two nines, you're done, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's a lot to be said about why does it, why do people and sponsors and everything, and I get sponsors maybe, but you know, you get you get ridiculed if you were to leave and not shoot the last day. You yeah, know, or if maybe the last two days, 
Um, but let's be honest, you're not winning anything. No. Well, um, I, you could save a lot of money on expenses if you leave early. You know, yeah. two days of hotel, two days of food, travel, everything. I mean, I, I don't know because you have to be perfect up there or, yeah. one, or one, you know, one away. But I mean, personally, <laughs> I, I probably respect the person that stays and sticks it out even yeah. though they don't win. Well, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, my, my argument with that is always like, okay, so you and I are, you know, competing for, we're in a playoff hole at a PGA tournament mm-hmm. and we're both 150 yards out and I sink it and you land it three feet from the hole. Like you already lost. You're not going to go up and finish your putt. Just like what difference? Ball and go home. Yeah. Yeah. You go pick up your ball, shake the guy's hand, go home. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's the difference? I shoot two nines in Vegas on the first day. Like I'll shoot the second day because I can. I guess I can still shoot a three hundred and win ten grand. grand. Yeah. yeah but sure. after that, like I think I'll just be max thirty arrows a day. If you miss more than one, you're you, you know go home. Yeah. Once you miss your second arrow, you can, you just can't shoot it. anymore. Yeah, just call it. Well, theoretically, I mean, let's be honest. It's that's what's happening you I mean, in our sport. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that's the way we need to do it because obviously our tree is a little different. But yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't, I don't see a huge, you know, non-sportsman's like thing with it, but yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's I understand why people do, but yeah, I don't know. I have, I have a difference because it does it. You are, it's a weight lifted off your shoulders. You are shooting then just, it's like you said, it's practice. I mean, hell, uh, the first 30 X ever shot in Vegas shot by Dwayne Price back in early, like early 2000s, late nineties, something first 30 X ever shot in Vegas. He was like 10 points down. <laughs> On the third day, shot a 30x. First 30x ever yeah. scored in Vegas. No Guy kidding. was 10 points down. So you talk about expectations when there's no pressure on you and yeah. stuff. But, but he had done that on clean. Yeah, probably. If he was clean. Oh, there's no way. Well, nobody else had done it up until then. So <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. That's you hilarious. Know, of course, a lot of stuff has changed now where, God, I'm trying to think what's the record. Stefan has a, is his, Stefan's record two down or three down? X's. I think it might be 87. Really? Yeah, because I think he shot 30, 29, 28 that one year. That's still amazing. So are the yeah, are the greatest archers that shoot indoor the strongest mental? Do they have the strongest mental game? I mean, yeah, probably. This has nothing to do with how good they are. Well, I'm sure it has a lot. I mean, it has a lot. But, I mean, but it ha- you have to have both. Yeah. You're not going to go there. and you know, I, I know you have talked about, you know a couple of guys up in Iowa that are freaking amazing with the bow, but put them in Vegas and they oh dude I I can name some guys back in Ohio that are that way yeah help my buddy my buddy Lynn when he you know the guy that won two or won a dollar for my buddy not shooting a 300 (laughs) I remember the first year I went to Vegas shot youth and I shot you know because you only shoot two days and I shot clean and I'm like yeah I'm gonna shoot pro next year I'm gonna make the shoot off and he goes no you ain't (laughs) I'm like what do you mean I shot two I shot two 300s this year what's one more he goes it ain't the same thing when you're on that line son and i mean he ain't wrong he ain't wrong ain't wrong he i've been close wrong. a couple times ain't it still ain't done it yeah you're alive i'm a hell of a lot better shooter now than i was when i was, was 14 <laughs> i don't know and like i said you'd have to worry about making a living and paying rent and putting food on the table back then at 14 well that's crazy now i was just wondering because i, I think you don't you think you can get away with more outside and even in Vita events and 3D because you got so many yeah you because you got conditional changes to deal with Mm -hmm. you know which you don't deal with in indoor other than lighting Um, you know you're not shooting near as many arrows theoretically Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think that that's when the, 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 the script can flip and you don't have to necessarily have the strongest mental game. You know, you just have to be the best guy on that given day or gal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never had the mental game shoot Vegas. I ain't gonna bring them into that. I, I, I can't stay that focused out. No, I can't either. It's like roofing, hitting a hammer over and over and shingles. It's mind numbing. To stay that hyper laser focused for that long a time, I don't know how they do it. I applaud those people to do that stuff because it's it ain't easy. I mean, it's just like anything else. It's a different skill set. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean, you even look never at, thought about it that way. It's yeah. just a different skill set. You look at, you look at golf. I mean, I compare archery to golf all the time, but you look at golfers like there's guys like Bryce and Deshambeau that are, you know, they win golf tournaments because they can drive the ball 350 yards. Yeah. And then you look at guys like Kevin Kisner, who you know, if he's hitting at 300 yards, he's like bombing it that day. Right. But from 200 and then he can put it to 10 feet every time exactly you know it's a different skill set right okay so here's a moving that question if you shoot a 300 295 is any equipment change going to pick up those other five or is that in your head wait what so if you went out and shot consistently 300 like excuse me um 300 games with 25 x's you hit 25 26 you know and your goal is to hit 30 that's of course the goal are those other four to five X's, are they in the equipment? Can you make an equipment change to get there, or is it really in your head? Uh, probably a little bit of both. Really? I would say. Yeah. You can hand the best shooter on the planet. If you handed Bodie Turner, who I'd argue right now is probably one of the best indoor, indoor shooters guys. on the oh, planet. Dot shooters. If I handed him a bow that was set to him perfectly from a draw length, peep height, the holding weight, all that shit perspective but the arrow is doing front flips out of the bow, he ain't shooting 60 X's on a Vegas face. Yeah, that's true. Now, you take, you know, your average Joe Bag of Donuts and hand him Bodie's bow, he probably ain't going to shoot 60 X's <laughs> on a Vegas face either. So, I mean, obviously one is a little bit more yeah. heavily weighted than the other, but, I mean, and I've said in my, like, dude, my whole career, I ain't the best shot out there, but I can tune a bow like a motherfucker. So, I'm able to pick up one or two extra x's or one or two extra points because i know how to set my bow up correctly right right for me to fit my shot and to be more forgiving right but yeah obviously if i was a better shooter i wouldn't need all that <clears throat> but that said if i can do it as an average guy somebody that's really good could you know they are probably going to grab a couple points now it's not going to take you from a you know 25x average up to a 30 right you know 28 29 plus average right but yeah, I 100% think you can get, get points by knowing what your bow's doing. Gotcha. I've always thought that, you know, my my thought process has always been, you're, you're shooting 55, 56 X's on an NFA, or you're shooting 25, 26 on a Vegas. I've always said, man, the, the last four in between your ears. I mean, 99% of people, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not. And, but from a, from a standpoint of us making money, it keeps me in business because they'll buy everything under gear. the sun trying to find four X's. Oh yeah, dude. those four X's are in your rest. Yeah, exactly. Get a new bow. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who do that. You know, there's no doubt. They watch some of them shoot pros and whatever they're shooting. I gotta have that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's for dang sure. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. Yeah, but anyways, <clears throat> one of the one of the I think the things to crack this year for us is going to be how do we get in these kids' heads and and change flip the script you know, change their mindset and that'll benefit them throughout their entire life. Yeah. Um, because it's something that I, I see as a, 
problematic situation with every child that I coach. I don't have, I can't think of any kid that doesn't have self doubt or, or bringing in the, all the bad demons, you know, that, that they're fighting, yeah, um, trying to be perfect. They're, they're there because we have them as adults and they have to stem from somewhere. Yeah, they got to, you know, when you think you're not good enough, when you think that you're not going to make it, you've already, yeah, you've already lost. Well, and it's going to be interesting to watch these kids develop because, you know, I've got some of these kids as young as 10, 11 years old mm -hmm. to watch them develop into 16, 17, 18 year old archers. And I hope they stay in it that long, but it'll be, if they do flip the script, how far can they go? But I, you know, I still go back to what Bridger said, and this is going to be what I'm trying to do. I want to try to make sure these kids have fun shooting their bow. Because if you're not having fun, regardless of what your score is, why the hell are you doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, I would not want to go out and beat my head against the wall week in and week out to shoot a perfect score and fail, 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 yeah. and call it fun. Yeah. If that's what my 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 litmus test is for that for that sport. And that's where I think we're missing the boat. You know, God, you got to have fun shooting. You've got to. Because I remember yeah. growing up and, you know, just getting pummeled in football, getting punished by the coaches and all this. And, and my mom and my cousin would always ask me, why do you do it? <laughs> well, it's fun. Like, you're stupid. <laughs> but if you don't, if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, then why do it at all? Yeah. Oh, I agree because you know you look at some guys well football is a great example there's some teams out there hell our high school team we sucked oh my god i think we won in the four years i was in school i think we won like five games six games and but what's crazy is those kids that played i remember a bunch of my friends that played they were miserable you know they would be on friday oh god gotta go play tonight you know we're playing center oh god we're gonna get killed you know what i mean and they just weren't having any fun you know, no, you've already established that that losing mentality by thinking you're not good enough. Yeah, and it's you know, so it's going to be something we're going to try try to do and try to do a little bit of both because I think that you know winning has taken such a big important place yeah. in everyone's life from adult to kid. And dude, you're right. I think it is social media. I'm, I keeping it's it's a different way. So back in the day, it was keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. And you'd hear about the Joneses through a friend of a friend of a friend. Correct. Or you'd see them drive by in their new Corvette or whatever. And, yeah. it, and it was, that was the whole mentality of, no, oh, I got to make more money so we can keep up with the Joneses. Well, now you find out about the Joneses almost instantaneously. You cannot go a day without hearing about them. No, you not a minute your phone. or a minute. <laughs> yeah, you're opening up your phone and, you know, we, we follow all these celebrities and everything yes. and their their life is so accessible to us through social media that you automatically judge yourself you think you're not good enough because you're not like them and i i always go by something that i heard a long time ago you know the people that post the least about their life on social media are probably the happiest because the people that post the most i almost feel like they need that recognition oh, or bro. they need that acceptance i understand people that that like sharing and teaching or have you know, it's a, it's a job or stuff like that. But the other ones that are just doing it for the likes, that's that's what creates unreal expectations for the younger for the younger generation. And the younger generation, there's been studies that they just soak everything up, everything that they see on TV, on their phones, on on social media. They're just gonna, that's reality. That's the truth. Yeah, yeah. And the parents, a lot of the times, they they don't have the time to teach them the right way because they're trying to work. 
to keep up with the Joneses so that the kid is happy. Dude. And it's just it's just a, a you, roller coaster. You cannot it's, believe how true what you just yeah, said is. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and sound like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I know, but, but I'm being serious. I mean yeah, then it turns into rough. a it turns into keeping up with the Joneses kids. Yeah. You know, hey, yep. my little girl has to be as good as the Joneses little girl. So Yeah. <clears throat> I'm and telling in order you to do that, you've got to have this equipment. You've yeah. got to have that. I have I have indirectly had some parents kind of suggest that you know my kid's not doing as good or my kid needs to beat this kid and i'm like whoa whoa whoa, whoa no whoa, your kid out. needs to befriend this kid so that yeah. they can teach each other dude well that's what you know it's funny you say that we're doing we're doing more of that now we're having so I, I, i've learned more from my peers than i ever did from an instructor exactly yeah. well i think about everything in and, life and, and think I'm, about how much you learn yeah. in life through your peers. well and at least from an archery perspective with it and probably you know you could probably apply it to anything like you learn more from your peers than you do your instructors because you got a peer that understands it like if i'm a 15 year old kid and i got a 50 year old man trying to teach me something that 50 year old man ain't going to be able to word it phrase it explain it the way that a 15 year old can understand exactly. it but another 15 year old knows what the hell you know the way it processes and that you know in a 15 year old brain yeah he's able to quantify that and give it to somebody that, that else in a way that's everything that's ever happened in your life honestly yeah. i remember when i was in school if i had trouble in math class or something i wouldn't go to the teacher i call one of my buddies who was a whiz at it and i mean pick it up instantaneously yeah you know everything i mean let's think about it you learn about you know sex drugs and rock and roll how from your buddies from your buddies you ain't learning it from your damn parents people your age speak your language yeah that's 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 very very true well it's funny to segue into that we're doing that now i've i've actually you know archery is one sport that is very individualistic there Mm -hmm. is no team aspect of it until you you know until you go shoot from one of the national teams you know in the usa and even then i don't know how much of it is team driven but um we are trying to instill upon our kids to, to I'm trying to coach the coach, you know, coach the coach kind of deal. I'm getting the kids to do that are really talented and have some sk- and communication skills, even at a very young age. Hey, go over there and yeah, take a look at Johnny's shot process and see what you look at, what you think. They become the team leaders and the captains. <clears throat> and, Absolutely. Yeah. And then they get, you know, a chance to, you know, hey, get your elbow up. You're dragging your elbow, dude. I can see it. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are not stupid and they are sponges. They listen to everything you say, even when you don't think they are. And I've learned that through archery um, and through all coaching. But yeah, it's we're going to try to do more of that so these kids become more opportunistic and helping share it, you know, share the knowledge and share the wealth yeah. and hopefully build a better team, you know, for it. So we're going to do things a whole heck of a lot different. But I wanted to talk about that because I'm seeing more and more just in all ages of archery, you know, the, the Ken Davis is a great example. He's an older guy that shoots for us. And if there's one guy, Oh, absolutely lo- dancing yes if there's a guy that loves to shoot his bow mm-hmm. it's ken and ken is now learning i've been coaching him on shooting the hinge and he's changed his shot process and everything and if there's one thing i'll tell what ken does differently than ever, a lot of other people as far as our shooting staff goes he just loves to shoot man he loves people yeah you know talking to him yesterday in the course man he just God. yeah he's what do they call it Between it's uh, him and tom and tom yeah exactly they're um they're they're it's addicting mm-hmm. you want to be around them you want to you want to get more from them because they're they're such damn good guys you know and uh yeah ken was in our vegas league and he won everything he won the amateur open and amateur bow hunter mm-hmm. and uh 
was dancing on the line. We were playing some boogie music at one point. He can't start dancing. I laughed. I got him on video. It was hilarious. But that's, I think, something is missing. The, we got those kids and the, even the adults. They've got so much pressure on themselves. Um, they don't, they're not, I, I think half of them ain't having fun anymore. It's yeah. my opinion. I always found myself doing better <clears throat> when I'm having fun on the line than when I'm sitting there going. And, and this goes back to a uh, sports psychology class that we had before going to World Champs a couple of years ago. The moment you start using certain words, they mm-hmm. get into your head and they affect your performance. Like when you start saying things like, I have to, mm-hmm. I must, I need to, instead of I get to, I'd like to, mm-hmm. I'm going to, things yeah. like that anyway. So hell, it happened to me at nationals last year when I sat there and I was like, I, I have to break this world record. No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even come close to it. I had a horrible time. I was... Well, that and my the bearings went out in my bow. Yeah, that didn't but, help either. But still, I was sitting there just miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm sitting there, in, like in SoCal last year, when I when I shot that personal best, I was singing along with the music, mm-hmm. just chilling, having a good time, and everybody else that was seemed pretty relaxed did did really well. Must well, be I honest. I see that. You know, people. Don't, this is why I tell try the kids all the time. And this is my I learned this actually from my father. You know, when we went fishing, we did fishing trips all the time as family, you know, and, and he was right. And at a very young age, you know, how many other kids are getting to go do this? Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to Santee Cooper for 10 days and go bass fishing for 10 days and camp and just chill out and have fun. And he was right. I was like, none of my friends did that crap, you know. Now, granted, their families may have done different things with a Disney World, who knows what. But he was right. And I, that's one thing. I mean, I always say, like, I mean, how many people get to go shoot their bow at a big national level tournament? I mean, seriously, yeah. not very many. You know, they're either too afraid, they're scared, or whatever it may be, and and it, go have fun doing it. You know, if you're going to do it, have have fun. You know, unless there's a fifty thousand dollar <throat> check on the line. Yeah, I mean, we, have a regulated amount of fun. Well, and what sucks too is that you know, and for Bridger, I'll, I don't even, I don't want to speak for you, but I think if you make it to the epitome of the sport, or you make it to the highest level, and you've tasted that, when you're not there, that's going to be a bitter pill. That's gotta be tough. Oh yeah, it sucks. <laughs> sucks to suck. I mean, I say jokingly, sucks to suck, but like, sucks to suck, bro. I mean, it. Yeah. It makes it. It makes it a hell of a lot harder to enjoy because it's more fun to be good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so let me ask what, you a question: If you'd have never won a World Cup, and just had, so maybe a couple of national level wins and stuff, would it would it affect you differently? I mean, probably not, just because of because you're competitive, competitive nature. Yeah, you're psycho competitive. Yeah. I just wondered about that because I always think about that. Cause Except for Street Fighter, he wasn't competitive. At that <laughs> he wasn't competitive at all. No. He just sucked. Oh, dude! Like it, uh, playing Call of Duty and stuff. I'm bot yeah. suck. No. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm terrible. Oh, dude! Play, I remember playing Call of Duty was. Bridges. I am so. Bad. I remember you. You tell me one so night. You're, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. Give me a second. So you're telling me you you think you suck? What what that level for me must be like oh, under dude. the ground. So for reference here, we were. <laughs> We were staying at the shop right at the start During of COVID because we were worried about looters. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the, at my Xbox hooked up to the, the TV oh, or to the TV, TV in yeah. the range. And Scott went in there, couldn't sleep or something one night, went in there at like two in the morning, put his, put the headphones on and started playing zombies and got to like, <laughs> like wave three. <laughs> 
Like it Helen Keller, like dude. Helen Keller could make it past level three. No, it was on hard. That thing. <laughs> and he's sitting there like, Whoa! all the the noises and shit in the headphones. It was scary. <laughs> yeah, I. I so wait a minute. You, if you say he sucks. No, I won't play against him. I'll challenge Bridger in like the video games I grew up with. Oh, okay. Like Street Fighter, like Street Fighter, and Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat, Pong, like Pong. Pong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh lord! Things like that. <laughs> I have zero. Maybe some drinking games. Well, you know, it's funny. We and Brandon Halfman were talking about this this morning. That you know, this whole new. And I'm not going to talk a lot about this, but the whole new fishing world is turned into this new thing called live scope. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where they have radar now that goes underwater, and you can literally watch your bait go through the water column and watch a fish come up and eat it. I mean, serious. It's a video game. That's how stupid their sports gotten. Um, I mean, and, we, and it's all technology be, driven. To be fair, we've had that nice fishing for like forty years with a Vexlar. Sonar. Really? Granted, that's like the the analog version. That's, that's of like it. you that's like the Atari. You, that's the Atari. Yeah, there's like a red line and then your green yeah, line, and you yeah. just bobble it right above it. Right. Same, similar. So but now you, you can get actually, like a live. No, now live you can see a fish's it. tail. So it's like, a live feed. It's a live feed, and it's efficient. You can actually make out the fish and see the tail. No lie, you can watch it spin around, and because I'm not a really good video game guy, as obviously, like you're saying, I mean, I suck. Um, I am horrible at that. I mean, I'm terrible. And I was telling Brandon today, because Brandon's like really good at it. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy, I've watched him go on the lake with him, and he's like amazing. He can see, like he'll pick a fish out of a tree. I'm like, dude, how in the heck do you think that's a fish? And you can see it, you know, and it's all part of video game. And these kids now, and we were talking, like in, we were talking about Brody Turner. This the whole subject came up because he said, who is this kid? You know, and where did he come from and why is he so good? And so that parlayed into the whole, you know, sports world. You yeah. look at this. I mean, you got these kids now coming into collegiate bass fishing. They are hammers. I'm talking amazing. And I think some of it's because they're so good at video games. What have they been doing their whole life? On their phone, on a video game, on a, on a you oh, know. Dude, there's, there's like, what is that, Fortnite Super Bowl or whatever? Where dude, they have oh, that these, kid won like yeah, four million. Four and million how old dollars. is he? Like 12. I mean, you talk. I mean, I follow enough video game shit online. Like everybody says, the peak for like a esports athlete, like a professional video game players, is like fourteen to sixteen. Are you kidding me? Well, because of the your because of your uh, like hand eye coordination and so your good. reaction time and yeah. all that stuff. That's why. So that's why we used to get our ass beat by. 12 to 15 yeah, year olds exactly. whenever we play Call of Duty online. Get shit yeah. off! Get shit off! You're like, kid, you need to go You need to go to bed. It's past your bedtime. You need to fix your credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, these kids, I'm telling you, they're, well, they're, and everything is getting younger and younger for that, especially if it's technology driven. Yeah, but, I, you know, going back into that mental management and stuff like that, if a kid's really good at video games and can handle that pressure, it'd be great at archery. You're probably right. Yeah, you're probably Bodie's right. probably a demon. Dude. Yeah. Demon on cotton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to play against him. You joke. He's probably We probably have already. Yeah. It's a serious. I mean, like, like we were talking about that Fortnite tournament. Yeah. It's just mind-boggling that a kid at 12 years old can win that much money. I mean, seriously. And I think I read an article that there's one kid on YouTube. He's the, mo- he's the largest moneymaker on YouTube because he plays video games on live feeds or does whatever and they film it and people pay to watch it. Oh, yeah. Twitch. They pay yeah, to Twitch watch it play. Like YouTube yeah. live, stuff like that. I mean, yeah. it's insanity. Dude, in today's world, people pay to 
watch a lot of stuff. I was gonna start a page <clears> of <throat> wheelchair tires. No, for real. Yeah. I'm just gonna just put pictures of wheelchair tires with mud, some with a couple blades of grass. Oh, you're so retarded. Oh, but no, they, there's only crips. Yeah, only crips. <laughs> only crips. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff out there that that people have found, you know, a market for. Yeah, there's no and doubt about it. Video games and any kind of online streaming has just exploded. Yeah, especially during COVID. Had nothing else to do. Well, there's, you know. We missed out on millions. Oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> we were talking about that again today. I mean, God, these conversations. Should have that, invested that, in Shiba. But you think about, you know, we were talking about, Brandon and I were talking about, you know, content on social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are people making money, of course, doing videos. I remember we, were, we had Eric Chesser and the guys from uh, in um, BMAC and Casey down from uh, Hushin. Hushin. And they were talking to me and Cody back in Cody Wells with me. And we were talking, you know, do one video or not do one video, do one post a day for two weeks. It's hard, dude. It's really hard. And to do it in the time frame you're supposed to, which is like 6 a.m., 11, 11 a.m. And I think it's 7 p.m. That's when you're the busiest where things are going on mm-hmm. and to try to make a post in that time frame, It's hard. And these guys make videos every day. You're doing this, but here's the difference. And this is what I kind of deduced from that. This is what they do for their job. It's their job. They get up out of bed. They have nothing else to do. The guys who are trying to do double duty, so like own a business or work nine to five as an accountant and create a social media following, there's no freaking way in hell, dude. I mean, you can maybe get lucky, um, but honestly, you're not making money doing that. Yeah. Because you don't have the bandwidth or the time to do it. It's not your... So like, you know... The guys that that's their main function or main money maker. That's why I think they're so darn success, you know, successful. Um, and I mean, there's other people that their success at something will grow their online following. Yeah. Without having to put <clears throat> too much work into it. So you know, it's funny you say that. And I want to. I'm going to ask a question here of our listeners. We're going to find out how many people are listening to us and if they really want to do this. And I'm going to bring this up. You guys are going to kill me probably. So if I were, if we were to do a completely transparent a hundred percent good fest bash fest on archery products how many people would listen because nobody does it right now uh, you'd probably get a ton of listeners but your shop would close yeah no shit <laughs> uh, you'd have you you probably lose your ability to make money doing that yeah depends on what you're bashing yeah <laughs> and it's not bashing i'm talking about transparency well if you if you just talk about the good the bad and the gave ugly. an honest review correct I think Which we don't would, have in this industry. Yeah. Honest reviews go a long way because nowadays everybody wants to give a positive review so they can get free shit or get oh, get dude. put on, on pro staff. A hundred percent. With somebody. Um, like like you say all the time, earn their, earn their 10%. Um, but getting yeah, that, there's... Getting there. that real 10%, to, that real 10% pro staff, not that hokey 5% field staff. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you want, you want to just say pro. You remember when Dave... David shared that cousin shared that video like ten years ago or something on Facebook and it blew away, blew up. It's a fishing video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Fish, like it's a horribly animated fishing yeah. video. Not that hokey five percent field staff. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he's well, he's a hell of a fisherman. Dave can fish. Yeah, man. He's no, and I know Dave, and I've talked. He's we've talked about it. He, if there's one thing that he will regret in his life, will be not quitting archery and try to make it as a pro bass fisherman. That'll be his biggest regret because he's actually pretty damn good at it. I just want to be a pro saltwater fisherman. You know who else I heard is really wanting to do that too. And 
I think he's got the wherewithal to do it. He still may as, as Levi. Levi. Well, yeah, I know he him does. And Andy Montgomery him, are really good friends. And he, well, uh, you know, you're talking about Andy archers Morgan. that are good, uh, good fishermen. McCarthy's a hell of a uh, really? dude. He's a hell of a smallmouth guy. Huh. Speaking of McCarthy. He catches some hammers, bro. You see McCarthy? Dude, he's hot. Dude. Did you see Danny McCarthy? You seen pictures of him? You got to go online. Oh, oh yeah. At Lancaster. Homeboy's lost there's, like 50 pounds. There's half of them. Yeah. Yeah. Half of them. He looks like a kid. I hope he's not doing that that one thing we're talking about. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that, what? That freaking prisoner diet. We got to get, I'm going to get him on. We got to get him on and just talk through what he's been doing. Because, yeah. dude, then, if he tries to hook he, me on some prisoner diet bullcrap again. Well, he's probably just on a deer hunting diet. If he's anything what, like you me. You don't shoot anything you don't eat? No, he's just sitting in a tree stand all day and eat, and four, eat. Gran- eat four granola <laughs> bars for two mu- a day for four months, two months, dude, and he, he lose a lot of weight. a ton of hey, weight. If, if my body weight depended on what I shot this year, I'd be skin and bones. Yeah, he'd be dead. I mean, I say that because I used to lose like 15, 20 pounds during deer during season. Just on, yeah, yeah I'd sit in a tree stand for 10 hours and yeah, all you sure. have, I have a couple grown yeah i have a red bull and a piece of casey's breakfast pizza in the morning i don't eat you know and a you know a bottle of water and yeah. four granola bars and yeah. a bag of jerky and that's it yep i'll tell you he's lost a lot of weight yeah i don't know if he's so here's another thing because i know that rio talked about this and i even heard it help from matt stutzman um when you lose that much weight does it affect your shooting style yep. and your form a lot of people say it does I'll get, I'll go back into, I won't speak to that cause I don't know, but I know for a fact, like trap shooters, skeet and sporting clays guys yeah. that have lost a ton of weight. They say they lose their center of gravity, their ability to have a strong base, take recoil mm-hmm. and stuff. And they'll put the weight back on. Seriously. Hmm. You know, a bunch of guys that have lost a lot of weight um, and ended up shooting suffered. That's going to be interesting to watch. And let's be honest. Rio talked about it. Rio yeah. lost what 40 or 50 pounds that one year and arguably had one of his worst years. And then put it back on the following year. I'm not saying he went out and got fat on purpose, but you know. Well, I mean, you, I don't get fat on purpose. I just love the food. <laughs> I mean, some of it is prop more. I would attribute that more to, uh, you know, if you're a larger, if you're a larger human, and you learn to do something that's a physical, yeah, you know, something physical like shooting a bow, right, takes physical wherewithal and coordination and everything, right. If you learn teach your body how to do it one way, and then yes. you drastically change your body, yes. you got to relearn how to do so it effectively. It takes time. If you got into archery and got really, really good as a svelte young man in, in good shape, and then all of a sudden put on 120 pounds because life happens, you're, yeah, you're probably, probably going to suck. Check, you're probably going to suck. Yeah, it would take I mean, time to, <clears throat> to relearn it. And yeah, if you're shooting at a pro level where you've got a tournament, you every have no week time. Yeah, for 12 months, you yeah. don't have time. No doubt about it. So it's going to be interesting. No doubt about it. That will be a see how Danny does this year. Yeah, I mean, if he's stronger, better, quicker, faster. I mean, he shot pretty decent in Lancaster. He did. He shot like mid fifties for qualification. I think. Really, he lost his first match in shootout. First, second match, I remember. Gotcha. He shot pretty well. I mean, it's not like Dan's ever been like no. He actually made a couple runs at Vegas. Got got close. He's got third. He's third. He's made the shootout numerous times. Yeah. uh, The year Perkins was one arrow from the Millie. In Yankton, Dan, Dan had shot clean in Vegas and Louisville that year too. Really? Mm-hmm. He's done that a number of times. Yeah, he can shoot. That's what I'm done about it. That guy's shooting 72 freaking pounds inside too. Bro, I don't know how he does that. That's crazy. It's a man. I wonder if he's doing that now, losing yeah. all that weight. You think? Well, I mean, he's yeah, he shot 72 pounds in Lancaster. No kidding. 
He's always yeah. shot seventy. He's plus. always shot a lot of weight. Somebody said he got he shot short eighty one year almost. Uh, he shot eighty that year. He won Foley shooting twenty sevens because he had to shoot eighty to get enough speed. <laughs> yeah, dude. with those twenty with the with the Superdrive twenty or the the PS twenty sevens. That's getting with the program. That's that's a lot of weight. He's all, but he's always shot seventy plus. He's always shot a lot of weight. I know that. Yeah, Danny was one of the guys who shot heavy, heavy weight. Never, never bothered him. But I, as it being, he's lost so much now. He, he had to have lost some muscle mass. I mean, to be as skinny as he is. I mean, literally, he had to buy a new wardrobe. Seriously, dude, he's hot AF, bro. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, they, maybe he didn't lose. Well, hell, look mass. at his that's wife. Just, he's got a hot AF wife, so he's got to keep up with the Joneses that's now. Just, that's just all the muscle that he was hiding. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you joke. I always tell people I'm I'm really muscular. We gotta get him on the show. Just, give him some crap. Six, six packs in the back of the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just bulking, bro. Bulking up. It's bulking it. season. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's gonna be a fun week. I mean, we've got Vegas this week. Um, and then Foley's right around the corner. Foley is three weeks Holy from crap. that. Indoor Nationals for U.S. Archery is the last week of February. The same weekend as Foley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, I know. That sucks yeah. this year. They because they're so uh, stupid. They could well, look at the schedule. I know because there's only like two weekends for all those tournaments. I know. They used to spread them out a lot more. It used to be from like the end of December up until the week before uh, NFA indoor because like I don't know they probably been doing it for five or six years that indoor indoor nationals final yeah, yeah. on yeah, Friday yeah. before uh, NFA nationals. Yep. But I think everything's just getting so packed with Neem and Lancaster and Vegas. Back, well, yeah, back, but they're back. all they're all satellite tournaments. So why does it matter if it's over something else? Like I get it. Like it's fine if it's over Foley, but the fact that they only allotted like two, two weekends, weekends for yeah. that for five or five or eight or ten or however many different uh, venues they have, yeah, yeah, like to limit that's just odd to me that they force everybody. And granted, I don't know for sure. I'm, I don't know. I don't want to say force, but the fact that they only have two weekends for that tournament from a set for all the different satellite locations right. for that versus you know like eight weekends like mm-hmm. they used to yeah that's what sucks because they put it yeah i i just it sucks because some of our kids you know they love shooting you know you sat events obviously because a lot of them are recurve kids and but they have a newfound love for 3d and they would love to go shoot foley but yeah. they can't now they gotta kind of pick their poison kind of sucked <clears throat> but yeah I that's i haven't shot an indoor national since Well, last time I went with you. Well, let's be honest. You sat indoor national. Does it really mean anything anymore? Not for. It's just a qualifier, basically just a qualifier for the indoor final. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they. Nothing. Yeah, they. I mean, it was worth going to before, like just because generally, like I said, they had like eight or ten weekends for different ones, right. and there was almost always one within four or five hours. Right. Because like I used to drive up to Minnesota when I lived in Iowa. I used to drive up to Minnesota all the time. Down here, it was a uh, college station. College station yeah. Always had one, yep. but there'd been plenty of times where like <clears throat> I remember one year. I'd looked at flying to like New Mexico or something to shoot it because of scheduling conflict with other tournaments and stuff. Yeah. But like, at least I had the opportunity to do it if I had to, right? To go shoot at another venue in order to to qualify, right? But now not, I mean, just, not anymore. Yeah. Anyways, you got Foley coming up after that, and we were four weeks away from that. It's crazy. This year is already getting off crazy fast. Mm-hmm. Then after that, when is Indoor Nationals and in NFA? Is it mid March? Yeah, mid March. I think it is. So roughly about two weeks after Foley's Indoor Nationals NFAA in Louisville, mm-hmm. you know, and then we go Benning. Benning at the end of the month. And then, gosh, isn't 
Arizona. Then it gets really weeks. crazy. You yep. got Arizona, <clears throat> Menden. Yep. Um, so it's Fort Benning. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. Arizona, so Menden. Uh, Chula's right after it. Redding. Redding. Gator. Gator. I Chula. mean, uh, there's like five or six big tournaments in like an eight week period. Yeah. There's going to be a lot. It's going to be psycho. Yeah. I mean, we act like it's new every year. I remember one year I flew. God, what did I do? I went from Gator Cup, flew straight from there to Reading, from Reading to to Shanghai, flew back, shot another tournament, and then went home. I was gone for like six weeks. That is like so we cool. act like it's all you know. We act yeah. like we've never. Oh my god, we've never had this many tournaments. <laughs> it's always been this way. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it, but it, for some reason, it always sneaks up on us. Like holy shit, now we got a lot of stuff to do. And I, I it's you know, the well, hell, is, you guys just got your new Black Eagle Revelations in. I know. Yeah, have you just, shot yours yet? I just shot it through paper. Once. You shoot through paper. He's shot, but you've been shooting yours now. I shot him yesterday. So it's funny because I, when you called me and said, "Yeah, man, I've been shooting these Revelations. They're pretty cool." I'm like thinking to myself, "What the hell is he doing?" It's freaking. February 1st. I mean, and then I'm thinking, holy crap, around the corner yeah, is your season starting up. Yep. So. Yeah, the indoor tournament here, that Vegas tournament here, that's my last my last, <laughs> last garage. Garage. Yeah. I came I came out to league last week. I was yeah, with a W Umbo. Yeah. My God dang. Yeah, I, it's funny because my, my neighbor, he has this little pocket bike and he goes and rides the neighborhood every evening and I'm sitting out there shooting and he comes over stops by he's like oh i'm surprised you're not inside watching the football game i said you know football game's not gonna win me a medal mm. and the sun's out so yeah i gotta come out here and shoot it's like well i guess that makes sense yeah but, exactly yeah. now i was i just hope the weather clears up this week dude get some more practice but but yeah i know what you were saying the tournament season's always been that way i guess when yeah. you're when, it sneaks up on you is what it does. Well, and and when you're used to just shooting like one style, you don't really see it like that. Right, like when right, I right. used to shoot just USAT, I didn't see it that way. But now that I'm shooting 3D and I'm doing other stuff, like well, USAT now though, aren't they compacting? Isn't Arizona and Gator real close? Uh, they're about a month apart. Oh, are so they a month? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're about a month apart. apart. <laughs> but the the tournament itself is really condensed into two or three days. Um, and that's just to facilitate the guys that are traveling to World Cups. Yeah. So, which is fine, you know, just bam, bam, let's go. Yeah. I um, mean, it was worse before when Arizona was a world ranking event because they, be there for they had to have a minimum of five competitive days God. to make it a world ranking event. Yeah. So, like, right in the middle of it, they had a team shoot day. So, if you weren't on a team or didn't register for the team event, you like, you just, you just, yeah, you just didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Because they used to have like an unofficial practice day. Then the next day was official practice. And then the <laughs> yeah. day after that was qualification. Then it was yeah. team event. Then it was the first couple rounds of elimination. And well, then one more day of eliminations. Well, dude, that's like, yeah, that's four or five nights in a hotel. Yeah. You know, that's a that's an expensive yeah. trip. Yeah. Very. And compared to what you're winning, it's not paying the bills. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're out some you jack. Hell, you're better off just getting a nice thumbs up for... <laughs> You know, you're getting the monetary equivalent of that of the USAT. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I couldn't imagine that. Well, I know, Jason, you had mentioned they're moving over to a, I think it's the longest now is three days, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, for <clears throat> for this coming one for uh, Arizona, we get there Friday morning to the field. We start official practice at 8 o'clock to 10.15. They have practice and equipment inspection. And then at 10.30, we start qualification. You start qualification rounds. That's bad. Which I don't mind because you get some 
some arrows off in the morning, you're nice and warm and let's go. Yeah. Instead of showing well, and up you and, can you can show up the day before and still have an official practice. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They just don't enforce dress code and all that other shit. Right. 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 So you can still like you 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 still have the option of shooting that extra day or showing up a day early, which I would argue that most people do anyways. Oh yeah. Especially the, people that live, especially the people that live up north oh, and stuff like that that are snowing out. In. Yeah. Well, how we were texting with Stutzman the other day, he was looking for somewhere to come down and shoot for the month for Arizona. Really? Well, you know, I heard um, rumor is Danny McCarthy's looking for te- at Texas. Yeah. To move here because we, they can judge and shoot all year. Oh, dude. Yeah. I've heard horror stories of him being like, yeah, yeah I had to drive to Foley a week early because I still got three feet of snow. Yeah. <laughs> you, know. Hell, I, you know, I joke about that. I remember showing up to Arizona one year, a uh, number of years ago. I was literally standing in my parents' bedroom, shooting over their bed, out their French doors, and I had a a path plowed with the snowblower because we had three feet of snow in the backyard. <laughs> so I could, I'd shoot from inside the house outside then walk down the hallway out the back door <laughs> go pull my arrows and come back inside it was like five degrees yeah. out and three feet of snow and i was heck trying to get no. sight marks for arizona cup heck no that would suck yeah well if he does come down he'll be over in east texas that's one place he's getting big hardwoods oh yeah, yeah. he won't be out yeah we don't have trees here. we have no trees here we have brush we have rocks brush, brush and rocks yeah we have lots of rocks yeah that's people crazy. that like geology <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, the Koreans are really good because they they train year round, but they have the facilities for it. Yeah, those guys. What you were talking about, they have their uh, their building that open the you open the windows and you shoot. Yeah, out. Yeah, I see. You, uh, uh, oh, what's a guy's name? Shoots for ramrods on the Netherlands team. He's got uh, that. He's got a shed like that built in his backyard. Weiler. Yeah, Steve's got one built in his backyard where it's like literally like a little heated shed, and it's got the windows that are like. <laughs> like to a foot really? or two wide and you can mm-hmm. swing them open and shoot out yep that's cool dude that's pretty i mean bad. hell even brady at his place in arizona granted it's like on top of a mountain so it actually gets cold there but he had, like they've got shot a heated the garage yeah they shot from the garage or they had a little heated heated shed mm. with heated overhang stuff that's pretty cool that's pretty damn cool things that we take for granted the thing exactly well you're right because we're bitching about it being what 30 i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take that away it's freaking cold <laughs> it's free it's the good pol- thing is i'm only half cold they call this in texas we are in a polar vortex for the next three days yeah we have a winter storm advisory exactly i think it's and i would for bet the i would bet if you were in iowa right now and it was 38 degrees you'd probably be in shorts. everybody's outside in shorts and t-shirts yeah <laughs> i think i mean advisory- it, ain't, it ain't 35 at home because I, I did want to bring this up buddy of mine went to the kansas city game the yeah, other night yeah, yeah 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 and i think the real tent or the real temp was like 20 or 25 and the wind chill was like five. Oh gosh yeah that's miserable. and then his wife decided at the end of the game to she had to feel the field but or had to feel the field beneath her feet and got arrested <laughs> no she did not yeah she jumped the, oh yeah jumped the railing got onto the field and got, got arrested <laughs> oh my are you kidding me <laughs> That is so bad. That sucks. Oh, are, dude, are they he, really going to book her and stuff? I mean, she's got, it's like a $500 fine. It's class B misdemeanor or okay, something. So it's okay, something okay. like so it's crazy. crazy. Oh yeah. He's getting, he's getting the charges all framed and everything. Hang him up in the, in the shop. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. That's savage. That is savage. I love it. Your buddy's wife is cool. I'm That's pretty cool. sure that if Iowa State would have beat Texas, Bridger would have jumped the rails. And oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. I might have. I heard he was a little feeling no pain so i guarantee you what we were sleepy 
<laughs> Sleep it's an early morning. Yeah, exactly. That's oh. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we'll uh, wrap this one up. I don't want to make another three-hour marathon. No. We'll keep it short and sweet. I know. We're good. Um, we'll we're going to try. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll probably catch Vegas. up on after Vegas. We'll come back on and uh, talk about it. I'm going there as a support role this year. I'm not shooting. I got uh, you get to have fun, dude. You know, it's kind. Of, it's actually kind of cool. I went to this store today to Walmart, and I bought like a little fanny pack thing. And I was going to look gay, of course, so I don't want to hear it. But um, I'm putting all my tools in it. I, I shouldn't probably said that. <laughs> Whatever. And Tobias has got to go edit this out. So, anyways, I, I bought a fanny pack. And I'm going to put all my tools in it because I literally got, we have 12 of the ladies from the Pink Berets organizations. Oh, you're going to be running up and down the line. I'm going to be going crazy. So I've had all the girls are going to text me their, their lane times or where, where shoot times and what ballroom they're in or whatever. And then, uh, and then we've got probably seven or eight shooters from here, including some kids that are going. So I'm going to do nothing but tech work. I'm going to go there and put my gym shoes on and run from one end to the other. If somebody needs something and, I'm gonna keep all my stuff in my little fanny pack and yeah, do that. And then I'm gonna go. It'll probably be the vendors. most fun you've had in it, Vegas. It will ever. be a hundred percent that because you know what? I almost so when I shot yesterday, so I shot really good at league last week. And yes, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I'll give Bridger some deep some credit. I, <clears throat> I did this by default, so I put Melissa in my executive, my true ball executive release, and she really liked it. And I wasn't gonna take it away from her. I said, you know, just keep it and shoot it. And I liked the release, but I didn't. It was kind of a love hate thing. And I didn't have a release. So I went up front and I grabbed a stand, the stand's new Onyx, 1X, mm -hmm. I think it's called. And it just so happened to not have the clicker in it. So I took it out there and I shot one arrow with it. When I did, it scared the living shit out of me. I mean, I was like, what the heck? Um, and then I said, well, well, I might as well just shoot it. I mean, it was the only release we had in the shop that I probably hadn't shot that I don't have timed. And dude, I shot, shot like it like that. I shot it that morning. And that night, I shot like a 98. And I missed my first two nines, my first two ends, and cleaned the rest of it. And actually, I think I shot 22 or uh, twenty-two or 23 X's with it. And I was like, holy crap. And then I shot it all day yesterday. Dude, it was pretty cool. And I had a couple on 3D. It freaked me out a couple times. Like, yeah. I'm sitting back there froze up, and that sucker is not firing. I'm like, God dang it, what the hell? I let down more yesterday than I have in the past because of that. I don't kind of trust it yet. Mm -hmm. But, um, dude. It's the only way to go. I came up saying this. He's told me forever. Hey, go ahead. It's not an accident that like <laughs> damn near every world record's been shot with out a click and a. He's told me that every years. world record shot with a hand. I guess. I well, you say, know what's funny? I've always used I've always used the clicker as a timing mechanism. As a oh crap, you better be on target. And now what it's done, I'm in the shot longer, but I don't know. It's just hard to explain. There's less stress. It's like shooting a really long travel trigger. Like yes. as long as it's moving, you know it's going to fire. So just keep the dot there. Yes, exactly. I turned my goat into <clears throat> a hinge yesterday, and it doesn't have a click, so I turned it right back into a button. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's weird? You've said it before. You shoot with the. Uh, you don't. It's less stressful because mm -hmm. when my clicker goes off, I'm freaking out. Yeah, I mean, you, know you, you get that. You get that moment of oh my god, oh my god, you know. And if you the pins, yeah, and if the pins not there, you really freak the hell out. Because you know the whole idea is to make sure in your pre-shot routine before you get the clicker, your pin is somewhere around where it's supposed to be, so that by the time the clicker goes off, you can kind of just okay, I'll move it left a little, and there it is. But the clicker, when I got to the point where my clicker went off and I wasn't there, you're freaking out. You know, oh my god, I got to move it back in there, gee, like you know, and then it doesn't get there. You drive by. Left. Oh yeah, dude. 
So that, that no click thing is the real deal. So if there's tech tip of the day, try your damn release without a clicker. It's, it's, it's a little liberating. I don't think I'll ever go back. Oh, yeah, I've never shot. I've never He's shot a clicker. So You've never shot a clicker. Mm-mm. Really? Every time it, I've shot one, I've I've always out. used no. Like I've always used the clicker as a I'm letting a, let you know to know that my hands in the same position. So I'll either end up rotating to it or it take too long to get to it, and I just like click you know blow right past, blow right it. past it. I'm sitting there waiting for the click to go <laughs> off, just like you know staring off into space doing whatever. Boom! <laughs> bow goes off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just I just said uh, I'll tell you what it hell worked. with this it, was, it worked it was pretty awesome but anyways to your point yes I've thought about this so I shot pretty good Wednesday night then I shot pretty good yesterday so last night I said you know what maybe I'll take my bow and then I said no I am not doing that because if I do the minute I take my bow you go into competitive mode and that's when asshole comes out yeah because if I don't do well I'm gonna have like the worst time of my life they and just, you gotta go through just three days fun. of that shit yeah so it's going to be kind of cool to go there and basically just go meet with the manufacturers, get a chance to talk with them. I told Bridger, you guys need to go to the Hofbrau, yeah. to the German restaurant, and then go find that all-you-can-eat Korean restaurant. No, we need to find that. The Korean restaurant, I heard it's really good. Yeah. Really good. It's legit. Yeah. Of course, so I yeah, know so going to be It's going to be kind of cool because I won't have no stress other than helping people get their stuff right, um, helping people work through their, their problems. And as a support mechanism, it's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. I might try going shoot buck branch you know, next week. I was going to tell you, you I, I, I mean, one year maybe you need to do what I'm doing. Just go there and go hang mm-hmm. and have fun. Dude, it's kind of fun. I, I might mean, do that next year. Yeah. And I'll do the same thing. I mean, I don't know. I, might, I mean, if I start, if I practiced for Vegas, I would, I'd probably go and compete. But if I don't and we got a lot of people going again, you know, I'm probably going to do what I did this year. And yeah, it would be kind of cool if you went too. We just, yeah. we can hang out and do a fucking freaking podcast. You know, at the shoot. You're going to be so bored. I know, I can swear. You're going to be so fucking bored. Do you think so? (laughs) (laughs) I bet, I like, the middle of the day, you're going to be ripping your hair out because you don't have anything to do. Yeah, you're probably right. But they do sell booze there, like, 24-7, so you'll be fine. I I don't think he's going to be fine. Well, I don't gamble, so it's not like I'm going to go to a blackjack table and learn how to play blackjack because I suck. Well, that's the thing. See, if I go, you'd be with me at a a craps table, and then you'd have a new addiction, and and then you'd be... You'd be so mad. craps doesn't take uh you don't have to like strategy and count cards and all that right no i'm pretty sure counting cards is illegal in well, any but casino. you know damn well you do you just can't no you just count to 21 that's blackjack that. you but just you count. know okay i agree with you but you kind of keep an eye on what's being played and what's well, not yeah like well that's counting cards kind of you're you're keeping an eye on what's been played where the trends are you've got, you've got i don't have that kind of, of i don't have that kind at, of attention craps. span yeah, because it's 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 just because there's guessing. There's like 15 games you can play within one game, yeah. right? So there's really no skill or strategy to it. It, it well, honestly is it, pure dumb luck. It's that's all gambling. There's a reason. No. Vague, there, yeah, there's no. a reason. There's a reason that the so, casinos don't. Not everybody there. The only okay. people at the casino winning is that. Okay, house. so on, you're good at blackjack, right? You're probably pretty good. at cards. I know the book. Okay, so my my point being, there's kind of rules. Those unwritten rules that like, if you have eleven showing, you always take a hit. If you have so many showing, you never hit. Da, 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 some of that crap. Yeah, I mean See, with blackjack, it depends more on what the dealer has than. So I'm the idiot that would have else. like, if I had a fifteen or sixteen, I'm taking a hit, and that's dumb. I right? mean that's fine if the dealer has an eighteen. 
Oh, see what I'm saying? I don't I don't want to pay attention to Well, that's why you sit with somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Crabs right. is a lot easier, trust me. Yeah. Just that's why I was like, that roulette, you know, just spin the bottle. See, but there, there's nothing better than like sitting on a blackjack table. Boom, you get two aces. Okay. You split those. See, I, get, don't know, I don't know. You get two aces, you split those, and you get, you know, or, you know, you get two fours, and you split the fours, and then you get a, you get a, uh, say you get a seven on one of those fours then you double your split and then you're du- then you've got like four hands rolling on one <laughs> deal and either you're going to make like three hundred dollars or, or you're going to lose it all you're going to lose a little bit of it yeah yeah oh, see, that's, I, that's too much see, that's more like mitch hedberg once said <clears throat> he's not addicted to playing blackjack he's addicted to sitting in a semicircle. yeah exactly <laughs> I just don't want to think that much, dude. I've watched these and watched you it's, guys play. It's just because you're an engineer. There's not a. There's no shapes or anything. So it, <laughs> it's just it's all a these lot weird numbers. That, yeah, and a lot of and all the different things you have to keep track of. Because I mean, that's what I'm saying when I say counting cards. I meant I've always heard the really good blackjack players. They kind of have a really good understanding of what their competitor hands are. Mm-hmm. They kind of have an idea. And what to do. Well, there's no idea to it. You know what everybody on your table has. And you're not competitors. It's everybody else versus the dealer. But the other people's cards are important to what you do. Well, yeah. If you if the de- <clears throat> if you, if the guy deals, you know, the, the dealer like runs out. And or there's, something. Yeah. yeah, and you're running a four-deck table. Right. And everybody's got a card under 10. You know you're probably going to... Chances get are you're going to get a face card because... Right. I mean, there's just more of those in the deck. So, A, I'd be drunk trying to do that. (laughs) B, I don't have that kind of attention span for a long period of time. And Mm -hmm. literally, I don't. I mean, I can do it a couple hands. Do it. Do what Courtney's boss does. Just walk out there, throw ten grand on the table. If you win, go, if you win, great. If you lose, great. You just keep on, keep on moving. Either double it or say I'm out ten grand today. We can just go hang out with manufacturers. Exactly. That's my my gig. Yeah. You go, go talk. Design some new product. There you go. That's we'll, what we're gonna we'll do. We'll research it and test it here yep. for two years. That'll be fun. That's what. That's the plan this week though. So it'll be kind of cool because I think I'm gonna do a lot of phone video work too and make some posts and just do some fun, fun stuff. You know, with, with the social media. Yeah. Because it'll be the first time I won't literally have to go there and have to shoot my bow, have to shoot a score, try to keep my composure and not beat up competitors because they're idiots. Um, you can just go relax. Yeah, exactly. Just relax. Jump in That's a hot fun. tub. But I might agree with Bridger. If I uh, if there's a spell where nobody's shooting and I'll have somebody to watch, it might get kind of boring. Like I said, they sell they sell beer all hours <laughs> of the day, son. Yeah, it's true. And good food is always good food in Vegas, so. Yeah, there you go. All right, folks, we appreciate you listening, man. Hopefully we're going to be back on the reg. So uh, look us up, tell your friends, get us out there, and we'll, uh, we'll see you on the other side.